Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 321, More Wild Turkey Research Talk with Mike Chamberlain. And I am your co-host, and the guy who... Killed a couple of quail last week. And I'm your co-host and the guy who's hoping to sack up some quail this week. All right. I hear a little background noise. Yeah, we're on the road, headed to Kansas. All right. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get into some birds and brought some duck hunting gear and hopefully we'll find some ducks and maybe find some quail and maybe get a bonus rooster pheasant or two. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Did the, the small game whacking happen at the hunt club? It did. We had a good time. We, you know, we brought in a hundred pin raised quail, and I've got to say that if it were not for me and my buddy Brian's son Parker, I don't think they would have killed enough to have fed the six or seven of us on the trip. I mean, it, we were Parker Rumley and I were there with a bunch of amateurs. Oh man! It was. It's the 
most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Pen so, raised well, and they couldn't hit them, huh? Uh, how about either couldn't hit them or didn't even shoot when they would get up and fly? Oh, Lord. And I mean, these, listen, for pen raised birds, and, and I know there's no comparison really between pen raised and, and wild birds, so don't don't get me wrong. So but, for pen raised birds, these birds flew very well. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that helps a lot because there are times where they don't, and you got to like halfway catch them on the end of your boot to chunk them up and shoot them. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> so it wasn't like these, that. No, these birds would fly 150, 200 yards to the tree line when they would yeah. get up and go. Now, we did have the, the two or three birds, and I mean literally two or three out of the birds we jumped that would just get up, fly 10 feet, and back down. And yes, you do not shoot at those. So yeah. I, I'm not talking about those birds, but I'm talking about the ones flying with no one in front of the shooter, no one to the side of the shooter, just up and fly perfectly the way a quail's supposed to fly towards a tree line and not even a shot fired. Oh, man. And it's like they were You're rationing ammo. Yeah. So fortunately, Parker was there to help kind of straighten everybody out. And, and both he and I in the, on the morning hunt did pretty well. And then the afternoon hunt, I guess the guys started waking up and doing some shooting, and it turned out to be a, a pretty decent afternoon hunt. So we, we killed quite a few birds in the afternoon. But, I mean, out of 100 birds that were released, I think we killed 47 as a group. Wow. Did you have a dog? Yeah, we had two dogs. Okay. Who's, who's one of your friends has dogs? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. Well, I'll report back next week. Hopefully we'll find some wild ones out here roaming the prairie. I am sure you will. I hope you guys sure have a good so. time and y'all be safe out there. So we will, but... right now though, today we're 86 days, 17 hours, 41 minutes and 11 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. 86 days. That is, that's unbelievable. I mean, we're about to be in 21, so we're, we're not far at all. No. And before that though, we're only 50 days, 20 hours and 46 minutes away from me and you putting the whack to a utah gobbler a dead on 50 days 50 days wow i'm pumped about that trip that's gonna be fun yeah i am too i think it's gonna be a really good time yeah but so before that we got a yeah. really cool interview with dr chamberlain here yes we do speaking of a good time <laughs> this interview with mike i mean i i'm i just you know and you and i are the same way could talk to the guy for days oh yeah but, you know, he has such a vast knowledge on a topic that I'm very interested in that I literally could talk to him forever. Yeah. And the cool thing is, he never gets tired of it. He loves it yeah. as much as we do. Yeah. So, this is a good interview. It's, shoot, what, 40, 45 minutes long? And what do you say we jump into it and let the listeners enjoy this thing? Yeah, let's do it. All right. See you guys on the other side. See you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have on the line with us today the one, the only, wild turkey doc, Mike Chamberlain, is on the line with us. And you know, what else do you talk about when you get this close to Christmas except wild turkeys? And who's the expert to bring on to talk about wild turkeys other than Mike Chamberlain? I mean, I, I can think of one or two people that might be uh, just equally as versed to talk about the subject but we got 
a great one on the line with us today. And Mike, thank you for taking time out of your drive from seeing family headed back to home. And Merry Christmas in advance to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. I'm glad to join you. We're always glad to have you. You know, this is this you're one of those guests that we get on and it's like, all right, I know we need to wrap this thing up, but I just have like 15 more questions for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hold yourself back. Hold yourself back. Don't, don't overwhelm him. <laughs> no, so, we, I'll, I'll answer any questions you've got. I know you will. You've been very generous about that and we love having you on the show. So let's let's go with this thing and you know i cameron said when i told him that i'd ask you to come on the show he said well, what do you want to talk to mike about i said well it's trapping season and so i want to talk a little bit about the process of trapping and then you know maybe ease into some of the projects some of the studies that you guys have going on if there's anything new that y'all have started or you know, any new developments in any of the the studies that you have that are ongoing. So let's talk a little bit about the trapping. So have have you or your students started your trapping yet? I know Brett started his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've hit the ground. And it depends on the study site. Some of the study sites where deer seasons are still ongoing, we, we haven't started yet. Others where the season is either closed or we're on private lands that are, you know, are allowing access. We we've already started and we've we've caught several dozen birds already. So yeah, we're we're getting rolling. By the first week of January, we're pretty much everywhere. We're we're you know we're wide open by that point. But uh, yeah, so we're we're going. So the students are they're they're wide open right now. They're they're kind of the workhorse. You know, we we get credit for the for the science, but they they're the ones that make it happen. And, and turkey trapping is it's a lot of fun, but it's it's also a tremendous amount of work. And it's kind of like turkey hunting. The first week, it's it's a lot of fun, and you're 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 not very tired. And by the fourth or fifth week, you're exhausted and you're a zombie, and and you're grinding it out. That's pretty much that's pretty much how turkey trapping is. Yeah. How many weeks do y'all usually go for? Is it just like the month of January? It really just depends on capture success. I mean, ideally, we want to finish up in just a few weeks, but that that rarely happens. You all set years, like a you set a quota number of birds you're wanting to get, and that's how you know when you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's usually okay. based on number of GPS radios that we've got. In other cases, it's not. In some cases, we just we catch birds until we just can't catch anymore. Those would be in situations where we're banding a lot of toms trying to get you know, harvest data. But usually we have some type of a target in mind, let's say, you know, 40 hens on this side and, and as many times as we can get. And then when we get to that 40 hens, we we, we either stop or, or we kind of focus on, on toms or jakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in some years, and some years, it's just a grind. Like last year, last year was tough. We, we, we trapped until March uh, on almost all of our sites because birds were just so hard to catch the, the the mass crop was really heavy where we were we were working and the temperatures were warm and and when turkeys don't have to eat corn they don't yeah, um, yeah. so mm-hmm. so i'm praying this year is going to be a little better thus far it's been it's been knock on wood pretty good we 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 caught some birds right out of the gate and and there are a lot of acorns on the ground but they've been on the ground for a number of weeks now so i think we're you know, we're cautiously optimistic. 
we're going to do a little better this year. Yeah. Can you can you tell by what you catch how last year's hatch went, or at least on a small scale? Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So you know if you just look at the number of juvenile birds that are in these flocks, it, it's it's different with Tom's and Jake's as you, as you all know because you know you, you get a you get a flock of Jake's that walks up there and they're all together, and if you get a group of Tom's they're all together. But the hens yeah. they're a pretty good cross section of of the of what you're dealing adult with adult yeah yeah so it's like juvenile to adult ratio kind of like mm-hmm. what you do with ducks you know? and um so we catch let's just say we catch 10 hens that are they walk up there and we catch all of them and and five of them are, are juveniles well then that's a pretty good sign that probably had decent production on that site and but unfortunately that's not that's not what we usually are seeing and haven't been for for a decade or more now it's usually mm. you know, we catch 10 it's a if we get a couple of juveniles, that's, that's about right. Maybe one or two, but it's, it but yeah, the question that is a good barometer. Um, the, the, the age ratio of what we catch. Yeah. Has this year been about, like you just said, one or two per group of hens kind of thing, or is it looked like it was a pretty good hatch? I don't really know. I don't, I, we don't have enough data yet. Oh, the that that's site, true. You haven't caught that. Yeah. Yeah. We've caught and, and, and I don't, I don't get, daily updates I, I usually get you know every four or five days but we've caught uh several flocks of hens and i don't i know the age ratios on one of those was seven to three adult to juvenile which is actually not too bad considering where we've been in years past but hmm. by the end of trapping season we'll have we'll have a pretty good idea yeah and, and you know Cameron, some of that's a little biased because you know you and you know this you, you may end up with one big brood that survives you know, you got three or four hens and 20 poults and yeah, um, you catch those in the winter and it may end up being four or five adults and eight or 10 juveniles. Well, that may have been your production for the entire, you know, local area all in one flock. So it's, right. it's not a perfect, not a perfect metric, yeah. but it is. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good question, Cameron. You know, the, the trapping process is something I've always been real interested in and always wanted to, to participate in so are you guys are, are your students do that i mean is this a uh daylight to dark sitting in a blind over a pile of corn waiting yeah. on birds to come in yeah yeah it yeah. is so what we do is we 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 bait sites that are where we can fit the rocket net and we mm-hmm. try to spread them out as kind of equally as we can across the sites knowing that you know, this time of year, birds are where acorns are or where acorns were. So we're, you know, we're in bottomland areas. We're trying to, we're trying to get blocks that are moving about. And, and turkeys will move a lot right now. They'll, they'll cover some ground. So we, we've got a lot of bait sites out. We have cameras on those sites, and we're, we're constantly, you know, you check a site, turkey tracks are there. You pull the card, you look at the card. There's birds showing up. If there's a net there, great. If there's not, then you're you're busting your can to go get a net, put it there, and the, you know after dark, put a blind up, and then the next morning you're there, and and it's a it's a constant process. You know, turkeys turkeys are unwilling participants. They they don't want to be caught. Um, <laughs> so they uh, they get pretty slick, um, and and so they they can get pretty wise. They and this shouldn't come as rocket science body but you know when there's a blind sitting there and there's no body in it that's different from when there is a body in it they you know sometimes turkeys just have a sixth sense about them and mm-hmm. um they sometimes they don't cooperate in fact most of the time they don't cooperate 
they most days we fail. Most days we sit and they don't come back, they don't show up, or they they show up and they don't line up. They they have to they have to be facing the net and they have to have their heads down. Otherwise, you you risk injuring birds, and, and that's just not worth. You know, that's not why we're trying to catch them. So we mm-hmm. we take it really seriously, trying to avoid any injuries. And we we don't want feather loss. We don't want any of that. So we sometimes we have to let them walk off in the interest of not hurting somebody. So most of the time we fail, and and every now and then we're we're successful and it's great. But yeah, it's a it's a grind. You, I try to you know people always they always say to me that man I bet that's so much fun and and it it is it's fun when it works. Right. When it doesn't work, it sucks. And I, I'll be honest, it, it's cold. You're sitting still. You you just sit there. And a, a friend of mine, a former student of mine, said turkey trapping is like. It's like days and days of boredom and misery followed by 20 seconds of sheer terror and excitement. <laughs> and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You, uh, so, you look out of the blind, like, there they are, there they are. And um, then they line up and the net goes boom. Boom. <laughs> and then you realize now the work starts. Now right. I get to put the radios on and now we get to track them. And, but, uh, but, yeah, it's fun when it works. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So the timing on this, from what I gather from what you said uh, when we when we started the interview, is has a lot to do with deer season, and also you're doing this in the fall where you've got actually bigger flocks of birds, and you know hopefully you're getting flocks of you know four, five, eight toms at a time if you can get one of those coming in, that kind of thing. So. That makes sense. And also from what I gather, your stopping time doesn't seem to have as much to do with weather or winter stress here in the southeast as it does have we tagged enough birds. Is that are those two safe assumptions? Yeah, yeah. The the second the latter point being we you know, we stop we, depending on the site, when we start getting around the first week of March we we quit even if we haven't caught our birds because you know what what you're then doing is you're asking to catch a bird with a with a net put a band on it put a gps unit on it and then act ask it to behave normally a month later when they when they're starting to net um mm-hmm. so we we we're really aware of that so we we try our absolute best to get the birds caught as early in the winter as we can so that they can settle down and and we're then we're we're certain or, or confident, I guess we're, we're never certain, but we're confident that what we're observing is the bird's behavior and not some artifact of something that happened a couple of weeks earlier. So we, you know, by the first of March, we're we're wrapping it up. And like I said, if we, if we can get our hands on birds early, we we're done. We you know we get them caught, marked, and we're we're out of there. And and that's the ideal scenario, really, is is to get them caught early and, and be finished. The, the the reason we want to catch them in the winter. I've trapped a lot in the summer, and I've probably trapped more than, um, probably more than anybody in the United States in the summer that yeah. that's still doing turkey research, and it's it's miserable. It's 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 hard on it's hard on you. It's hard on the birds, and they're they're in small groups. So we try to avoid the summer, but winter, if if parades, the birds are in an ideal scenario because they're. They're flocked up, and we don't know who is who, but we determine that really quickly because we 
you know, we catch this big flock of birds and, and we, we take blood samples. So we take a sample from under their wing, um, pluck a little small feathers out, and um, and then we we take a little tiny little capillary tube of blood and we we genotype it. We we can figure out who is related to who. So hmm. so the ideal scenario is we catch all these birds together and then we can piece together afterwards okay well there were let's just say there were 10 hens there four of them are sisters um two of them are half sibs whatever three of them are not related to anybody um and then we've we've kind of got that information it's easier to get that when they're in big groups because right now they're not segregated based on who's related to each other or and y'all know this i mean these, these bigger flocks are they're multiple groups of birds that come March, those 20 hens that are walking around together now, they're going to be a group of five and a group of eight and a group of mm-hmm. six, you know, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's ideal to catch them now when they're all together uh, rather than trying to catch them when they're in little smaller groups. Yeah. Do, do y'all, so your student that's in the blind, if they don't actually net the turkeys, do they take notes of their observations? Like, is that part of the data y'all collect? Like, I saw six yeah. gobblers and three hens, but I didn't catch any? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. we, we keep pretty detailed records on how many birds are using sites, whether we caught them, when we sat. Um, and, you know, usually, knock on wood, if most of the time, if let's just say there's five palms walk up there, most of the time we'll get all of them or most of them. Every now and then, things happen. I mean, um, turkeys, you know, again, turkeys don't, don't want to be caught, so they um, they don't always get the script right. So, and, and I've People don't believe it, but you can shoot a rocket net over a turkey. And if they choose to run instead of fly, they get out. They, they can outrun huh. that net just without exception. But if That's they unreal. jump up in the air, they, they, we catch them. So if they jump straight off the ground to fly, we catch them. But if they run, we miss them every time. Um, so sometimes things just don't work out the way that you want them. But but most of the time, if, you know, if there's a group standing there, we'll get – the lion's share of them but if we don't we do write that yeah we do record that so you know hey six times walked up caught four of them one escaped got out from under the net before i could get to them one ran off or something like that yeah yeah that's that's interesting so as far as the the studies that you have going now is there anything new that you've just started within the past 12 months or so or you you just yeah. continuing to Okay. Yep. Tell us a little bit about yeah, those yeah. if you can. Yeah, we, we just started a, a project. Um, it actually kind of got off the ground last spring on the Savannah River site in South Carolina, which is, if you're not familiar with Savannah River site, it's a, it's a nuclear facility. Basically, it's a, about 200,000 acres of, of land, that uh, most of which is not hunted. The acreage that, that is hunted is only hunted two days a year, and it's hunted by handicapped sportsmen or you know wounded warriors and mm-hmm. and the, the heart uh-huh. almost so it's basically the only large non-hunted population in the southeast so wow. we've just started a project there we we, we kind of like i said we got it off the ground a little bit last winter just kind of kind of getting our feet wet but i've i've got a, a, a new phd student that's on that project now and and she'll be doing basically the same exact work that we do on all of our other sites, but she's doing it on a, a population that's not subjected to hunting. And, and, and what we're looking at there is uh, 
and we have been for a number of years. We, we've been doing gobbling, assessing gobbling data there for, gosh, six or seven years now. Yeah. But we, we've just started doing the GPS tracking. Um, and what we're trying, to, obviously, I, I would suspect any listener would, would think, what we're trying to understand is, you know, how does this bird function the absence of any hunting activity, of any harvest, of any disturbance during the spring? I mean, these birds on this site, they, they don't, they're not treated like birds on, you know, public areas or even private lands that are hunted. They, they don't have people in the woods walking around. Yeah. If they are researchers, you know, and they don't have people that are scouting. They don't have any males being removed. They don't have you know, any type of disturbance to hens, there's, there's none of that. So we're hoping to kind of understand what does this bird look like when we're not part of the equation? And, and, I, and I kind of the gist of it is that um, we, we've been studying hunted populations for years, uh, you know, all over the, the southeast, all over the country, really. But, but we haven't really gotten a benchmark for well, how does this bird behave naturally? Um, and I'm particularly huh. interested in kind of the social aspect of how turkeys behave. And what I mean by that is, you know, we, we, we put transmitters on these birds and we look at genetics and we, we know all of that, but we don't really know how that's supposed to look. We, we base a lot of our, what we think we know on either captive work that, that Bill Healy did back many, many years ago, or we base it on some really limited work that's been done on Rio's out west but there's just not a lot of data out there, and um, so I'm really, I'm really excited about this project. I, I think it's, yeah. I think we're going really cool stuff about how turkeys just act. Period that we didn't know, and and then hopefully we can we can kind of step back and look at some of the other populations we're studying, have been studying, and say, okay, well, here's a, a, a population that, for instance, that's exposed to. Uh, a quota type hunting scenario where it's only on weekends. Here's how the gobbling looks. Here's how the reproductive data looks. Okay, and here's a population that's exposed to, you know, a really liberal hunting season where they're hunted you know, 45 days, high bag limit, you know, no no limitations on hunter access. Here's how that picture looks. And we can kind of start getting a sense for, you know, how are, are various hunting frameworks affecting the bird if at all in some cases it may be very little but without a benchmark we really don't know so yeah uh, so that's kind of just of the, the savannah river study are y'all studying i know there's a wma that literally borders that are y'all doing studies on that as well to kind of just right yep. there in that yep. same ecosystem the differences yep yep yeah that's, that's awesome that's, yeah we've uh we've been working on that that site as well for several years now um and the gobbling data is really pretty it's pretty interesting if you look at if you look at the gobbling data on on our hunted our really heavily hunted sites they you know the birds kind of they start shutting up once the season gets geared up and and some of that we know is some vocal birds are being shot but some of some of that is other birds are not they're just being quiet and and if you look at at cracker neck um, which is only hunted two days a week, you see these very predictable. Um, when hunting starts, the gobbling declines. And then when hunting stops, it goes up, and then it declines, and then it goes back up, and it declines. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty humorous. And in Savannah Riverside, if you look at the, the gobbling data, which we've published 
a lot of that from that site. They gobble all spring. I mean, they, you know, you see, you see these day-to-day fluctuations like you see on all of our sites. You know, one day they just gobble really good, and one day they don't. And, and you see that same trend, but the, the magnitude is much different on a non-hunted site than a hunted site. In other words, the, the good days are a lot better, and the bad days are not as bad. So overall, you just get you're going to get more gobbles on the non-hunted, obviously, than the hunted. I mean, yeah, is is, yeah. is it like significantly more? Like over like a week's time, is it just like significantly more gobbling happens on your non-hunted? Yes. Oh, it's dramatic. I mean, wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's dramatic. The, the really interesting thing, you know, the, the the way we the way we track gobbling is is these song meters. They're like these radios that you boxes that you hang in a tree basically mm-hmm. so so what it's doing is it's listening to everything in the environment so it's stationary it's not moving around the, the, the birds are moving so you, you'll you hear a bird on the roost and he's gobbling you know he's gobbling pretty good and then he flies down and he, all right that's all that we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the turkey hunter podcast if you would like to get much more information from Dr. Mike Chamberlain, then you can do that in one of two ways. Number one, you can become a premium content subscriber to the Turkey Hunter podcast. And to do that, the first thing you need to do is text the word, make it one word with no spaces, Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. After you do that, I'm going to send you some instructions that you'll need to follow very simple instructions, and eventually I'm going to send you via email a link that you can click on to create your username and password in the Podbean application and pay the whopping $18 per year subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your 18 bucks is going to get you not only the rest of this week's interview with Mike Chamberlain, but it's going to get you all of the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. You guys will not be disappointed in your $18 investment. So, Cameron, I mentioned there's two ways that they can do that. Oh, and yeah. That's one way. You tell us a second way that they can hear the rest of this week's episode. If you're not wanting to hop in and become an annual subscriber and you just want to hear the science that Dr. Chamberlain has for us this week, you can buy this one episode. So the way you're going to do that is go to the turkeyhunterpodcast.com. You'll find this episode followed by the letters PS, which stands for premium single, and you'll pay 99 cents and you'll get this episode by itself in its entirety. You can do that for this week's episode or any of our past episodes that have a PS after the number of that episode but you should probably just go ahead and subscribe because you're going to want to hear a lot of the people that we have coming up in future weeks yeah with the stuff we have on on tap and calendar already it's it's going to be good yeah there's going to be a lot to miss out on if you're not a premium content subscriber so spend the 18 bucks you won't regret it that was fantastic he never disappoints no definitely not dr chamberlain i mean he's devoted his life to working with these birds and it's it's pretty incredible yeah yeah and you know after we stopped the recording he spent another 15 minutes on the phone with us just talking about some of the things that he's experienced in specific states that Cameron and I are interested in, but not necessarily would be of interest to the majority of you guys. And so, you know, he's just very willing to to give of his time and he does it for 
the turkeys. Yeah, and I mean, he definitely cares about the bird, and I think he's doing a lot to really help our sport out. I know there's some people out there that may cause controversy with him because they're worried he's going to take away days of hunting for him or something, but I think he's trying to listen the best wild turkeys. Yeah, he is. No doubt about it. Well, good deal. No doubt. Well, you know, that was a good one. I think we've been pumping out some really good content for this being I'm going to say it, even though it's fall season and in a lot of places still, and winter seasons are about to crank up, but even though it's kind of the off season, yeah. i got to say we've been killing it here lately. Oh, yeah. Our guests have been great. we got another one next week that's going to be incredible. I think everybody will be interested in that, and we're hoping to get we're spitballing some other ideas that we got coming up, so we got plenty of good guests for everybody coming up. Yes, indeed. So, in the meantime, I'm going to let you get back on the road. All right. I want you to, to focus now. I don't want you to be like the amateurs that I hunted with this past week. You need to be zoned in and ready to kill when you arrive. So I am I'm, ready. I'm expecting to see some pictures from you. I sure hope so. We're going to get there with about two hours to hunt this, this afternoon, I'm hoping. So, hopefully, we'll find us a couple of coveys before dark. Good deal. Well, you guys be safe up there. Be safe traveling as well. And I guess I will talk to you next week. But for now, we need to say goodbye to everyone listening to the show. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.